Hello, everybody, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today I'm going to talk about the Iowa State football program, specifically Iowa State's head football coach, Matt Campbell, who is about to enter his seventh season as the head football coach for the Iowa State Cyclones. In his first six seasons as Iowa State football coach, he was in charge of the best five-year stretch in school history, which included five bowl game appearances. In 2020, the team played in the Big 12 title game. In that same season, they also won the Fiesta Bowl and finished in the AP Top 10 for the first time in school history. These kind of accomplishments of taking perennial Big 12 doormat Iowa State and turning them into potential perennial Big 12 contender has made Matt Campbell one of the most sought-after head coaches in all of football, not just college football. He has been rumored to potentially be hired by the New York Jets in the past. The Detroit Lions have showed interest in him, and also big-time college programs when a job comes open have been trying to put his name in the rumors such as Notre Dame, LSU, USC. Matt Campbell from the outside looking in has done a perfect job at Iowa State. Could you ask any more out of Matt Campbell with all the accomplishments I named off and many more I did not name? But Iowa State fans know this, that there is one blemish on Matt Campbell's resume. There is an elephant in the room. There is something that he has not yet done. One more box he has to check. One last checkpoint he has to reach in order to go down as the greatest Iowa State football coach ever. And that one blemish, that one last checkpoint, is that he has not yet beaten Iowa State's biggest rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes. He is 0-5 against Iowa. They didn't play in 2020 because all the schedules got screwed up because of COVID. And this is a big blemish. And you might say, hey, Iowa's a better football program. Historically in that rivalry, Iowa pretty much dominates Iowa State. And I would say, yes, you're correct. But you might also say, hey, I mean, doesn't Iowa State, like they play Iowa every year, better program. They play teams in the Big 12 every year that are better programs than them too. That might mean that they struggle against some Big 12 teams too. Well, if you actually look at all the teams that Iowa State plays annually, which is about 9 to 10 teams, if not 11 teams, because you have the nine Big 12 teams, you have Iowa, and then Iowa State has also played the University of Northern Iowa four times, which is actually a better football program than you'd think, four times in his tenure. Here's his record against teams in the Big 12 and Iowa and you and I. Kansas State, he's 3-3 three and three against. Kansas, 6-0. and oh. Oklahoma, he's 2-5 and five against. And all of those losses were by 10 points or less, a lot of those being one-score losses. Baylor, he's three and three against. Texas Tech, five and one. TCU, four and two. One of those wins was when TCU was a top five team. Texas, three and three. West Virginia, three and three. Oklahoma State, two and four. One of those wins was when Oklahoma State was a top 10 team last season. Iowa, as we mentioned earlier, 0 and five. Northern Iowa, three and one. So every team that Campbell has played annually since he's been at Iowa State. He's beaten more than once, every single one, except for Iowa. That's a little odd, isn't it? I would say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Maybe you could even throw Baylor in there. Probably better football programs than Iowa. No offense, Iowa. Now, let's look at a 
history of the rivalry. And let's talk about it from that perspective of the Cyhawk rivalry. So there was like literally four decades where Iowa and Iowa State did not play from basically the mid-30s to the late-70s. And then Iowa State legislature basically had to step in and get the two universities together and get them to start playing this rivalry again. It starts out the first six years. Iowa State, actually, in the first six years of them resuming the rivalry, is 4-2. and two. Earl Bruce was there for two years, and then Donnie Duncan took over and won a few games. Then from 83 to 97, it's all Hawkeyes. It's all Hawkeyes in that rivalry. And that's partly because Hayden Fry was a pretty good football coach at Iowa, but also because Iowa State became one of the worst football programs in all of college football. During that 15-year stretch, Iowa State made zero bowl games, had four three-win seasons, had two two two-win seasons, had one one one-win season, and had one zero-win season. Only two of those 15 years was Iowa State above 500. So not a good football program. But then 1998, the rivalry actually flips. It's Hayden Fry's last season at Iowa. Dan McCarney finally gets the Iowa State ship running. And Iowa State from 1998 to 2002 rattles off five straight victories against the Hawkeyes, including 2002, which was a year that Iowa ended up going to the Orange Bowl. Then McCarney kind of falls off. And actually, Dan McCarney's record against Iowa by the time he left, he was 6-6. Six and six. He was actually 5-3 and three against Kirk Ferentz. Pretty good, if you ask me. Then 2007 happens. I'm also telling this from the Iowa State perspective, by the way, if you can't tell. 2007 happens. Gene Chizik's now the head coach at Iowa State. Gene Chizik was a terrible head coach at Iowa State. His teams were terrible. He had a three-win team. He had a two-win team. His first year against Iowa beats him. Beats him in a game where I'm pretty sure Iowa State didn't even score a touchdown. Then 2009, enter Paul Rhodes. From 2009 to 2015, Paul Rhodes is 3-4 and four against Iowa, including getting his first victory against Iowa in his third season. True fact here. When Matt Campbell accepted the head coach job at Iowa State, Kirk Ferentz actually had a losing record against Iowa State in the Cyhawks series. He was 8-9 and nine against them. Now he's 13-9. and nine. The reason that is important to point out the recent history with the last three Iowa State coaches and their record against Iowa is because Dan McCarney was 6-6 six and six against Iowa, beat them the first time in his fourth season. Gene Chizik was 1-1 one one against Iowa, beat Iowa in his first season. Paul Rhodes, for even some of the bad teams that he had, was 3-4 and four against Iowa and beat Iowa in his third season. Matt Campbell is in his seventh season at Iowa State now, and... This coming season, the 2022 season, will be his sixth game against the Iowa Hawkeyes. This current six-game losing streak against Iowa is the longest losing streak to Iowa that Iowa State has had since that 83-97 to stretch that we were talking about earlier. The only difference between those Iowa State teams and these past few Iowa State teams is that these Iowa State teams are actually good. 2017 when Iowa State lost. They were an 8 and 5 team that ended up beating two top 4 teams. They beat number 3 Oklahoma 
in Oklahoma when they had Baker Mayfield as quarterback, eventual Heisman Trophy winner. And then they also beat number four TCU at home in Jack Trice Stadium. They were 3-1 and one versus ranked teams that year. Iowa wasn't one of those ranked teams, by the way. In 2018, Iowa State was 8-5, and five, including a top-10 win versus West Virginia, and they also had a stretch in there where they were 8-2. and two. 2019, similarly, 7-6, and six, pretty good team. Lost in the Camping World Bowl to Notre Dame. And then 2021, this past season, Iowa State went 7-6 and six again, 7-5 and five in the regular season, and they were ranked number 7 at the beginning of the year in the preseason. This is pretty unprecedented that Iowa State has had this losing streak against Iowa. And if you talk to Iowa State fans, they will tell you this is that, hey, Matt Campbell, early on in the season, is not that good of a coach. Those teams aren't as good. They build as the season goes. And if you know anything about the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry, at least in recent memory, Iowa State always plays Iowa in their first, second, or third game, typically that second or third game of the season. And this actually kind of rings true if you go through, I'm just picking out when Campbell was at Iowa State because it's it's a little unfair if you go and you pick his Toledo years too and see if there's any sort of correlation with how they start the season because a lot of those Toledo years, if you actually go back and look, they're scheduling like ranked SEC teams at the start of the season. Like they're playing Florida a few times and I know they played Missouri. And again, remember this is like the early 2010s when he's at Toledo. So Missouri was actually pretty good back then. But look at his home, or excuse me, his season openers since he's gotten to Iowa State. 2016, maybe it's a little unfair to include his first season because he's enduring a rebuilding job, was a loss to Northern Iowa. Okay. The next season, 2017, a win against Northern Iowa. 2018, a little unfair because the first game ended up getting rained out or not rained out but thunderstormed out lightninged out so it wasn't supposed to be the first game but they actually played Iowa the first game in 2018 lost that game by one point 2019 a win against Northern Iowa that took three overtimes Ugh. 2020 was a loss to Louisiana not that good even though that was a good Louisiana team and then in 2021, it was a win against UNI, but it was a 16-10 to 10 win. So 3-3 three and three in season openers for a guy that's, you know, one of the most coveted head coaches in football. You dig a little bit deeper in how these Matt Campbell-Iowa State teams start. Did you know through their first four games, if you take the first four games in every Iowa State-Matt Campbell season, There's only one time through four games that Iowa State has a winning record. That one season was the 2020 season, and the one loss that they had in those first four games in 2020 season was the Louisiana one. The act of starting slow for Iowa State football under Matt Campbell has turned from a trend to a reality. This has Iowa State fans such as myself wondering and wishing if we just play Iowa at the end of the year versus the beginning of the year when our team is fully formed, maybe then, then we'd have a chance to beat these guys. 
This makes a lot of sense too, right? When you actually think about it, if you go back and look at the 2017 season, the starting quarterback that started the Iowa game and was the starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, Jacob Park, wasn't the quarterback that ended up finishing the season and wasn't the quarterback that was there when Iowa State went on their hot streak. The next season in 2018, Iowa State started one in three with Jacob, or excuse me, with uh, Kyle Kempt and Zeb Nolan as the starting quarterbacks, but then went on a eight and two run to finish the season when Brock Purdy took over as the starter. So maybe if we lived in an alternate universe where Iowa State would play Iowa at the last game of the year when we finally had our quarterback ready, we finally figured out all of our roster, Matt Campbell might have two or three wins against Iowa. Maybe he has four. Maybe he has five. But we can't go back in time and change it, and we can't go into the future and change the schedule. The reality is is that Iowa State and Iowa are going to play that game around that 9-11 weekend every single year. That's what it's going to be for the foreseeable future. A coach's ability or inability to beat his rival can be legacy defining and be the defining moment or undefining moment of his tenure. For example, Paul Rhodes at Iowa State was probably able to stay around for seven years because he was three and four against Iowa, despite only for his entire tenure at Iowa State, only winning 37% of his games. Jim Harbaugh, even though he's rattling off 10 win seasons, was on the hot seat at Michigan until he beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten Championship last year. Gus Malzahn beating Alabama three out of the seven times that he played them, typically when Alabama is number one in the nation, was part of the reason he was actually able to stick around at Auburn as long as he did. Rivalry games are typically the toughest fought and the most emotionally draining games on a college football team schedule. And if you are the quote-unquote little brother... If you want to be successful in a rivalry with your big brother, part of that is winning when you're not expected to. And Iowa State is in that exact situation this year. For the first time since 2018, Iowa State's going to have a starting quarterback whose name isn't Brock Purdy. Campbell's staff is also going to have the task of trying to figure out how they're going to replace Brees Hall's production, which is going to be even harder without tight ends Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler, who also, along with Purdy and Paul, were taken in the NFL draft. The point of me saying all of this isn't that Matt Campbell has to beat Iowa this season, but if he doesn't beat Iowa sometime soon, all the stuff I said about at the beginning, all of the accomplishments, all of the good things that he has done, We're going to stop talking about the good things that he's done like that, and we're going to start talking about the things that he hasn't done.